This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we are continuing to talk through the revival spreading to Arkansas. And uh, you may think a lot of things about Arkansas when the word comes up. <laughs> Revival As writer not. calls it Arkansas. Arkansas, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, we've had that mistake happen before, and that's okay. He can be forgiven. He's, you know, he's, uh, his parents are from Louisiana. Yeah, his mom and dad are from Louisiana. <laughs> the lower, I don't want to compare education systems, state, yeah. but I have a feeling Louisiana and Arkansas are in the, in the bottom, in in the the boot. bottom in the boot. tier <laughs> of, of the education uh, process. I don't know why I'm talking about that, but what we do want to get into is uh, the the this continuing? Uh, we're talking through the Long Hollow Revival and what God is doing. And our intent with each of these podcast episodes is simply to to uh, point to what the Lord is doing, glorify God, and telling the His story of what He's doing in an incredible way here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But also, as we've been sharing specifically in this last episode and continuing into this one, what God has been doing as. Uh, you've been obedient to listen to go and speak in this one occasion. And again, just to recap, you haven't spoken. You've intentionally sought not to go outside of, of Long Hollow and speak and to stay here and to really just ask God to continue to work and be a part of what God is doing. You don't want to miss it. And, uh, and you've been intent on that, but he did direct you to go to cross church. We went there. We, we talked a little bit in the last episode about how, uh, you were going to speak at three physical campuses, one Mm. after the other, um, in three different cities in the morning. And then a men's event that night, Mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about, uh, how you had told them God's given you the number 200, which we all kind of, uh, looked at you like that, that kid who asked his mom and dad for a new car for his, uh, for Christmas. And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, we'll, we'll think about that. Yeah, you know, right. we're, we're, we're all looking at you. Yeah, we'll pray for that. Uh, glad you uh, have faith. <laughs> glad you have faith. And, uh, but you put that out there and, and trust the Lord for that. And we listened. And then that morning we had eight respondent baptism at the first service. Um, and then we moved up to the next service. And I want us to, we, we can start recapping that, but one of the stories you shared last week uh, in talking about uh, your prayer band praying for you and and how uh, you said they were underneath the stage. Mm. And, and I felt like maybe we need to understand a little bit more what that means. Yeah, that's <laughs> because good. Because we do not have space under our stage here at Long Hollow, I don't believe. Um, but you, you kind of mentioned a little bit about uh, the head of Salvation Army and, and the way that he was prayed for while he was preaching. So clarify that a little bit before we get right back into picking up at the cliffhanger of what happened at Cross Church. Yeah, and let me just say one thing. You're jogging my memory about this. One of the reasons I felt like I needed to stay, and just in general, during this move of God at Long Hollow, even when we had guest speakers and I took the week off from preparing, I was still here because mm-hmm. I wanted to be here. And here's what right. I want you, here's the visual I want you to, to think about. Your job as a pastor, minister on staff is to manage the fire. Mm. Okay. This is the picture you need to think about. Yeah. We don't start the fire. We can't manufacture or manipulate a fire. God sends the fire, but we can stack the wood and we can arrange the wood and we can move the coals. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and one of the things about a fire too is somebody told me, well, what happens if things get weird or get out of control? You may think, about it. what if somebody <laughs> does this or says this? Right. And I've had those questions and I've asked people who have experienced revival. And one guy pushed back on me and said, Robbie, 
I would rather have small brush fires mm-hmm. that break off from the main fire because it's too hot. And I, I'd rather put out brush fires than try to start a fire. Mm. Because for years, if you're listening like me, you've tried to start a fire. When God sends the fire of revival, your job is to manage the fire. Now, what does that mean to manage the fire? Sometimes you have to stir the coals because mm. the fire starts to wane. So you stir the coals and then the fire kicks back up. Yeah. Sometimes you have to add wood. And so you as the pastor leader need to need to discern what it is God is leading you to do for the fire of revival. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in a fire, which is interesting, you need to let it simmer down. Mm-hmm. You can't have a five-alarm fire going all the time, yeah. uh, the entire time. You're going to burn yourself, and you're going to wear yourself out. So sometimes you let it simmer down. So that's just an interesting little way to look at this uh, revival and why I felt led to stay. Yeah, yeah. But the Lord released me. He yes. told me to go here, I, I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, and so we went. So... I told you last week, if you hadn't heard it, you need to probably go back and listen. I talked about how my prayer band heard a message, and this is what really started the the movement of prayer, I would say, at Long Hollow. It's a message I preached back in February, Mm -hmm. I think, called A a Fresh Touch from God. Is that accurate, Robert? A Fresh Touch from God Mm -hmm. on Daniel 10, when God actually touched Daniel. Mm -hmm. This is a man in his 80s, still begging for a yeah. fresh touch from God. Mm. May we have the same passion of, yeah. passion of Daniel one day, right, right, to pray for that. So in that sermon, I concluded by talking about the life of William Booth. And for many who don't know William Booth, if you haven't read his life story, it's worth getting. But mm-hmm. William and his wife, Catherine, started the Salvation Army. When William started the Salvation Army and when he started the ministry, he was into open-air preaching, and he would preach the word everywhere. And every time he would preach, there were hecklers in the crowd. There were people laughing at him. He even one time talked about how when he would walk down the street, people would throw rotten tomatoes at him. Hmm. And his response is he would just turn around and smile. He went after the hardest to reach people, the drug addicts, the alcoholics, the people on the street, the homeless people, the sinners. And when he would preach, he would really believe God was going to work. And Mm so one of the differences I found about William Booth's preaching as opposed to mine or, or modern preaching is that William Booth didn't preach a sermon to preach a sermon. Watch this. William Booth preached until something broke. What do you mean? The audience would listen to him like he'd be preaching for like an hour, you know, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And they would be looking around thinking, what is this guy doing? What is he still hooting and hollering for? It's time to go to lunch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that I've ever thought that before. Not that I've ever thought that before. There were no Shoney's in Piccadilly (laughs) back then, right? But what happened is right in the middle of his sermon, Booth would start yelling out these words. He would stomp the stage Mm. and he would yell, pray, yell out loud. Yeah. And it would really jolt the people, you know, and then he'd stomp again on the stage, you know. Ray! Yeah. Yeah. And what he was doing to the audience, unknowingly to them, he was stomping on the stage for a man who was under the stage by the name of John Lawley. Hmm. Now, John Lawley was in ministry, and if you know the story about him, he was in ministry and um, had, a, had a hard time toward the end, got out of the pastorate, heard about the Salvation Army, and decided he was going to commit his life to being a part of that. Hmm. But he was a man of intercessory prayer. Hmm. And he decided to go with William Booth everywhere Booth went. And before William Booth would get up to preach at every stage, which was normally a built stage, a yeah. raised stage with wood, and they would build it. Right. 
Lolly, before Booth would even hit the stage, would crawl under the stage, in the mud, in the dirt, in the rock, surrounded by insects and bugs and spiderwebs. Mm. He would mm. get on his face, and the entire time William Booth above was preaching the word, Lolly below was praying. Mm. And in a sense, you could say, Chris, that he yeah. was literally lifting him up physically mm. and supernaturally and spiritually <laughs> underneath and praying for him. And so every time Booth would feel like there was a, a hindrance or a wall or opposition, mm -hmm. he would stomp the stage and he would say, pray. Now, here's the problem with that. A lot of people hear that and they say, I don't want to get under the stage. Yeah. I don't want to be the man under the stage. I want to be the man on the stage. Right. And the problem with under the stage, Chris, is that there's no recognition under the stage. Mm -hmm. There's just mud and dirt. There's <laughs> mud and dirt, yeah. There's no, there's no dignity under the stage. Right. There's no celebrity under the stage. There's no fame under mm -hmm. the... Nobody writes a, a report in Outreach magazine. You're not going to get your picture on the back of a book under the stage. Yeah. But I want you to understand that's where God is. Mm. God's in the secret place. Jesus said, go into your closet, shut the door, don't let anyone in, and that's where God, who sees in secret, mm -hmm. will reward you openly. And so here's my prayer team, and we'll pick back up after the break. My mm -hmm. prayer team, when I say I feel like there's some opposition, mm -hmm. I feel like there's a barrier, nobody's responding like I've expected and believed they could, yeah. would you pray? And one of my prayer team members says to me, Pastor, keep stomping the stage. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back. We're talking about the revival spreading to Arkansas. This is the second podcast as we track through this story. And one of the things that's key here is we left off uh, with a little bit of a cliffhanger last week about how uh, we did the first service. You preached it. We had a response. Eight people got baptized, It was, uh, which is awesome. And we celebrated that, but you knew you were trusting God for 200 and, and, and you stepped up to preach at the second campus, the Springdale campus, and your mic, uh, basically went out on you. Yes. <laughs> and so Nick had to bring you a mic and, and you had asked, uh, the prayer band to pray. We were praying, they were praying and you took the mic and, uh, and let's just take the story from there. Yeah. So I preached the sermon, which was my testimony, mm -hmm. uh, and, and on being born again, mm -hmm. are you born again? Not did you say a prayer? Right. Not did you walk an aisle? Yeah. Everybody did that in Northwest Arkansas. Not did yeah. you come to church as a kid? Not did you go to camp? Are you born again? Mm -hmm. Do you have the evidence or the testimony of the Holy Spirit bearing witness in your soul? Mm -hmm. Are you living a holy life? After all, he is the Holy Spirit that mm -hmm. indwells you. Do you have a hunger for the word of God in prayer? These are questions I, yeah. I ask them. And then finally, um, are you convicted over sin? If you don't have those things in your life, I would question if you're born again. Right. And so I gave an invitation. And at that, at that invitation, Chris, the, the place was packed with people yeah. in, in general. But we had about 100 plus people, I would yeah. say, at that service, wouldn't you say? Yes, Stood right. up, yes. came forward, right. and then when they came to the front, I said to them, listen, 
The first step of obedience in the Christian life is baptism. Mm. If God can't trust you to take the first step of obedience in baptism, Mm -hmm. how can he ever entrust you with greater things later? Yeah. And so I know you're not prepared to be baptized. That's okay. We are. And so I'm going to ask you to come. And so they moved over to the side. They went to the the counseling area, right. and, and they got counsel with clipboards, and people got sure. their info and found out what was going on. And we left. We had to get in the car and leave. Get in the car and leave. About to preach at the third campus. We couldn't see. We couldn't we see couldn't what was see happening. See what was going on. Right. So we get to the third campus, and as we pull up, the pastor Nick says, "What is going on here? Yeah, they're still in service. Yeah, the, what the is parking lot should be clearing out. The next group's supposed to be coming in. Yeah, he's like, we got." 15 minutes, they should be clearing from the first. Nobody's yeah. moving. So he runs inside and realizes they are still baptizing mm-hmm. from the first service. That's right. <laughs> and so literally, uh, and Chris will tell you this, literally the the, the second service or the, the, the service there ends and they have a transition of five minutes and then Nick, the pastor, is up yeah. during, uh, doing a college or uh, yeah. graduation right. service kind of ceremony deal for the seniors. And so we get into the last service again, this time now, the prayer band is praying. Right. I just encourage them. Hey, sure. prayer is working. Keep praying. Yeah. Keep praying. It's working. And so we get to the last service. Again, God pours out his spirit. Well, Unbelievable. don't forget, you step up to preach. Oh, yeah. And Sorry. I actually, at this point, I thought someone was doing this intentionally. Yeah, we thought somebody was messing with me at this you point. You stepped up to preach again, and literally, 15 your, minutes mic, in. your mic goes out. <laughs> I'm not thinking, making this up. Not making are this they up. Do, are they doing this intentionally? And so they even asked me later, did he do that intentionally? I was like, no, he didn't do it intentionally. You didn't do it intentionally. This is a spiritual warfare. I look to Nick. I'm telling you guys, I could, we should do a whole podcast on spiritual warfare, but and we may have done some of it, but I will say this. I am more convinced we're in a spiritual battle in spiritual warfare. We literally were just talking about it before we got on the yeah. air. But I'm telling you, if you don't believe in spiritual warfare, the devil has already won in your Mm -hmm. life. So I'm not talking to those people. But for those who know about spiritual warfare, I'm telling you, I called it. Not because of me. I just know that when God's moving, the enemy, what is he going to do? He takes out the mouthpiece. He takes out the speaker. And how does he do that? By taking out the mic. Well, he tried. And so I look to Nick and, and, you know, and I'm like, well, and Nick comes up, head down laughing this time, shaking his head. Like, really? This guy has broken two of our mics. You know, two of our mics, we're going to have to replace them. And uh, he brings me the mic. And again, I say to the crowd, the reason your pastor's laughing is this. Yeah. I told him the, the enemy attacks me through the, through the sound system, and I really believe mm. God's about to move. And you could hear a pen drop. And, and it was like the light switch went off and people were locked in. Gave the invitation. People moved. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. They yeah. kept baptizing so long after the service. Mm-hmm. That one of the associate pastors said, "Hey, we're going to get you two home, yeah, because it's one twenty right now. Yeah, we had to be back up. You have to be back hours, at four right, thirty. Right. So you, you went one twenty, and I've already preached three times. And that night, I'm going to preach two times yeah. and do a twenty five minute Q and A. So you need to go rest." Which little did he know, there was no rest yeah, in the hotel. Say, there was rest. restlessness. Now, I will say I rested. Chris took a nap. He was out like a log. But <laughs> some people intercede for you with prayer. I intercede with sleeping. With snoring. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Some with intercession, some with snoring. But anyway, so I go back to the room. You go to your room. I go to my room. And we get a text on the way home. We just baptized how many? 150. 150 people this morning. And I'm blown away. 150 people, most of whom. I was satisfied at that point. Yes. Most of (laughs) whom were first-time salvations or salvations for... 
and some were bapt- baptism on the wrong side of their salvation. Mm-hmm. So I go back to the room. Now, this is what's different. If you're a preacher or a teacher or lead a, a life group or, or a small group, this is the difference in my preaching. You're saying, what's different? Mm-hmm. Are you different? The sermons are pretty much the same, mm-hmm. but the servant is different. Mm-hmm. The preaching is pretty much the same. I'm still an expository preacher, yeah, but the preacher is different. And here's what I mean. I would go to events like this, like some of you, and I had a, I have a file cabinet of hundreds of sermons that I've preached over the course of 16, mm-hmm. 18 years Okay, as a preacher. And I could pull out sermons. Now, these are sermons that I prayed for when I prepared. I did the exegetical study. I've already presented them. Mm-hmm. God used them, in a sense. God's word never returns void. And I would just pull one out. I would pray the obligatory five-minute prayer. God mm-hmm. bless this message for the people, and I would get up and preach it, and God would be honored, and I would go home. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. This is the difference today. I get back to the hotel room and I've got an open computer and an empty screen. And I'm saying to the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to preach to these people for Mm. this time today? Yeah. What is the fresh baked manna from heaven that you're giving me for these men? Remember now, I'm going to preach the men's conference that night. They had 800 signed up before I got Mm -hmm. there. I think they got over 11,100 by the end of the weekend. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be 1,100 men in the room. And for 20, 30 minutes, I'm sitting there with nothing. I got some ideas, I delete. Got some ideas. Yeah, I remember you texted Nick and and me and said, hey, uh, bring this jacket. I want to use it as an illustration. So awesome, yeah. And then literally two minutes later, don't worry about the jacket. I'm going to do something. That's exactly right. Yeah, they got proof of this. Don't scrap the jacket. I'm going a different direction. So I, I go from 20, 30 minutes by the computer, and I'm like, I got nothing. So I run around. I walk around to the side of the bed. Mm-hmm. I get on my knees, hands laid out, face on the bed. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, you have got to give me a word. I've got nothing. Yeah. 20 minutes of this, I wake. I get up. I said, okay, back in the bed. I got something. Sit back by the computer, open it up. I got nothing. Nope, got nothing. I go back to the edge of the bed again. Four times I transition from bed to kneeling, from bed to kneeling. And I've got about three ideas that it's narrowed down to at this point, Chris. I can preach three different ideas. And the Lord speaks to me as clear as day. And I'm telling you, this, this, this word from the Lord really impacted me. And it obviously it's not for everybody, but it is for me. And I think it can be for everybody. Here's Mm -hmm. what the word the Lord showed me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. Robbie, it really doesn't matter what you preach. You need power. Mm. Now, I'm a preacher. I've got a PhD in preaching. I've given my life to preaching. I've spent hours and hours each week preparing. I'm not discounting the preaching of the word of God. Right. But what I'm saying is for years, I preached with word and I had very little spirit. And what the Lord showed me is you've already prepared these texts yeah. What you need is a power for me, a spiritual power to awaken spiritual beings, the people in the audience, mm-hmm. to respond to a supernatural God. And you need to spend time asking and mm-hmm. praying. So what do I do? I spent the next 30 minutes praying. Yeah. I get up to the event, and Chris remembers this, and I literally don't know what I'm going to preach mm-hmm. at the event. I'm still <laughs> like, Lord, you got to give me something. I got three options. And so right as I'm getting up to preach, the Lord shares with me, leads me to a sermon on hell. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm looking at the, I'm looking, I'm like, Men's Conference I'm like, really? Like, oh. really, Lord? Hell. <laughs> and so I, I, I get up and I tell the guys, I'm like, y'all never going to believe this, but every bit of rapport that I built up to this point is going to be destroyed <laughs> because now I'm going to preach on hell. And this is not what you hear at the men's sermon. And then I stopped and said, but here's the reality. 
I love you guys enough to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I preached on hell, gave an invitation. Again, God moved. About yeah. 100 plus men came forward yes. at the men's conference. We, we moved them back to the baptistry. They started to get changed for baptism. I get up with Nick, the pastor. For the Q&A time. For a Q&A mm-hmm. time, and we show the video of, of the Long Hollow yeah. Revival to them. Right. They see this video of what's happening, and then we, we baptize these men. And these men yeah. are just being baptized. Right. It's like 30, 40 minutes of baptism. Mm-hmm. The men's conference is only supposed to last two and a half hours. Right. We left over four. It was four hours long yeah. okay, because of the baptisms <laughs> and what God was doing. So we finished the baptism, and I'm sitting on the front row, and Chris is next to me, and I lean over and say, Chris, you're never going to believe this, but mm-hmm. I don't think I need to preach a sermon. I believe the Lord wants me to lead these men in a prayer time. Mm. Now, you have to understand, when you hire a speaker, you pay them, you encourage them, you call them to come and speak. You're speaking and preaching. Bring your best stuff. Bring your, like, if I get a speaker, they're coming to preach a sermon, right? Right. And I'm like, really, a prayer time? So I lean over to you and I say, what do you think? And you say, that is a great idea. In fact, what I would do is, what do you tell me? I would lead them in silence and solitude. I'm like, silence and solitude. I'm like, I know that's what changed my life, but these men have never even done it for a moment. Let's ask a room of a thousand men to sit quietly and make no noise. Yes, in in an auditorium. (laughs) Sit quietly. Men, never done it before. So what did I do? I obeyed the Lord. I got up and I said, man, we're going to pivot. We're going to sit in silence in the presence of God. And I'm telling you, we sat Mm -hmm. there for an uncomfortable amount of silence. Mm -hmm. I was standing in front of him with my eyes closed for four and a half minutes. And if you don't think that's a long time, I dare you to get off this podcast, set your alarm for four and a half minutes and sit. And you Mm -hmm. tell me how how unnerving that can be if you've never done it. I give the invitation and the Lord showed, and and there was no sermon, Mm -hmm. but the Lord, as I'm sitting there in silence, I'm like, all right, Lord, what do I do next? What do Mm -hmm. I do next? What do I do? And I feel like there are men there who are broken. They need a miracle in their life, in their Mm -hmm. marriage, in their family. And so I say, hey, listen, I just want to have the privilege to pray over you. Would you come forward and bow down and I'm going to pray. Would you come forward? And then one man moved and then two men. And then Chris, I didn't see the whole crowd. You probably mm-hmm. saw it better than me, yeah. but at least 200, yeah. maybe 250. Well, and the rest couldn't fit because we were That's praying true. for them. Yes, yeah. they were all in the aisles. They were literally yeah. Yeah. all yeah. across front, all yeah. in the aisles. The aisle all the way halfway back up was filled with men. Men were weeping yeah. and calling out to God. We finished mm-hmm. the service. The pastor gets up, okay? And he says, wow, we've been in the presence of God. He right. said, now listen, I, Robbie didn't tell me to share this with you, but I want to share this with you. He said, Robbie told me last night at dinner with Chris and Ryan that he felt like and prayed for us to see 200 people baptized in one day. Hmm. He said, Pastor Robbie, you're never going to believe this, but we just baptized right now the 199th person. That's right. <laughs> He said, we baptized 109. And the paper, yeah. people went crazy. Yeah. And here, I was so proud of him. He looked at the crowd and said, but I believe there's one more. Mm. There's a man in here who says, right, right. now, I'm, I missed it. I need yeah. to get right with the Lord. He prays, walks off the stage, and he says, hey, we're going to hang. We're going to linger. If you need to be baptized, yeah. but you're dismissed. He walks off the stage. They start yelling from the second-story baptistry. Yeah. Pastor, we got 200. Yeah. We got 200. Yeah. <laughs> they baptize him. People cheer. Yeah. Five minutes later. Pastor, we got, we got another, another one. <laughs> we baptize him. And this went on, Chris will tell you, for 45 more minutes as every two to three minutes another man trickled in. Yeah. When we left Cross Church this week, that weekend, we saw 211 people baptized mm-hmm. in a day. Yes, and we, and, we, and we heard from Nick yesterday. And here's the cool thing. The spark for revival has started. 
Tell them an update from yesterday, and we'll be done. You're not going to believe this. We came back and and, uh, showed their video of what God did there that weekend to our Our people. people. We got to see their video shown to them. Yes. And uh, as a result, we saw 40-plus baptized yesterday. 42 baptized at Long Hollow yesterday, which was unreal. Nick texts us and, and said, we just baptized 65 people yesterday for a total of 331 people baptized since we began this at the beginning of the yes now think about that <laughs> it started the week leading up to my coming which yeah. god just showed it's not about you robbie i've been here before you right. it started the week leading up with the college service right. they had the baptisms that week they baptized yeah. almost 30 people in the week right. during the week and yeah. then another 65 and so they baptized over 330 i think it is 331 331 exact. 331 <laughs> you ready for this and two weeks. Unbelievable. The reason we tell you that story is this. I want you to believe. Friends, what could happen if we begin to believe a big God and pray Mm. big prayers and believe that the God of revival wants to pour out his spirit on your church, your ministry, and your home? Amen. Well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Again, if you enjoyed the podcast or you just know someone else who needs to be encouraged by its message, take the moment right now and share it with them. Text it to a friend. If you don't mind, give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. We would appreciate that. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.